right, guys, um, I want to introduce you to our speaker this morning. You know, every once in a while, somebody will call, and you go, okay, what do they need? And Steve Dunn was one of those. Uh, somebody said, hey, this uh, gentleman's trying to get a hold of you. And I said, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then a book showed up uh, that said, hey, I'm Steve Dunn, and um, just would love to meet you. And so I took the time to reach out to Steve. And, you know, every once in a while you think somebody needs something from you. But, um, but this early friendship has been a blessing to me. So Steve is a guy that comes into your life and starts speaking right into your soul. And uh, I look forward to hearing his message this morning. I hope that uh, he has an impact on you like he's having on me. Steve Dunn. guys hear me all right? If I just sit here, can everybody hear me okay? Give me a, give me a hand. You all okay? We're good back there? Okay. Is that good? How's that? Maybe I'll stand up. Maybe I'll stand up. You go, but everybody's good right here? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I don't have a lot of great jokes. You saw that maybe you saw the email that Andy Marshall sent out and Wes. It's like, hey, he's a pro basketball coach. Let's get him over there. And let me tell you how it kind of developed. Um, a backup love from Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area. And I have a real successful brother-in-law. He's a CEO. He calls me up and he says, hey, hey Steve, oh, uh, listen, I'm going to pay you 100 bucks for the next three hours. Uh, wh wh what do you need? And he says, well, I got to drive from San Jose over to Hayward, which is about 20 miles, and I got to go at 4 o'clock, big-time traffic. Maybe some of you from Silicon Valley know that. He goes, I, I, I just need a, uh, I, I, I need a guy to sit in the car because I got to go to the carpool lane, right? I mean, if, it's, if you go, if you're going, uh, it's only 20, minute, 20, 20 miles away, but if I go, it's going to be three hours to get there. If, if you're my dummy fill-in guy, it'll take me 18 minutes, so I'll pay you 100 bucks, right? So I'm a good fill-in guy, and I was having a little snap with Andy Marshall, and we're, we're just chatting, chatting about God's love and a testimony a little bit. And uh, he says, like, I need a fill-in guy on the 23rd. Uh, and I said, I'm a pretty good fill-in guy, so I appreciate you having me today. I'm just going to tell you my story. I don't really like talking about me that much. But everybody, you know, because I worked for Cleveland for a while, everyone wants to talk to me about LeBron, right? Give me a LeBron James story. Maybe I'll throw one later on. But uh, I only know my story. But I want to make sure as I preface this that it's not directed on me, it's directed on the Lord. And that's where I'm going to direct it towards the end. I'm just going to tell you my story. And I'm going to first give you some information. It's my phone number. And if you have a, you have a phone, you want to type it in, it's 408-507-1639. At the end of the story, you'll understand why I gave it to you. 408-507-1639. That's, that's, the, that's kind of the end game here. Well, the story kind of goes like this. Let me get my notes out. When I got invited to speak today, I reminded me of a coach's clinic that I would speak at. 
or go even attend. And I always said, there's kind of three kind of guys that go. And I'll tell you the little story because I only have 25 minutes, but it's, it's a little bit funny. And I hope it relates to you and you get something out of it where, you know, you go to a coach's clinic or a conference and a leadership thing, particularly in basketball, and a guy wants to get kind of the secret formula. My friends over there at North Carolina Coaches Clinic with Dean Smith back in the day, right? I mean, he just won the national championship. He goes, flies back there, and he's like, this is great. And Coach Smith asked him to go in the video room. He goes, you're going to break down some stuff. He's like, oh, my, oh, oh my Lord, uh, Dean Smith's going to take time to talk to me. Uh, this is it. I got the secret. He's already a successful college coach. So he said to me, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm writing everything he says down. I'm, everything, 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 everything. He goes, that's like the first guy at a conference like this. And Dean Smith looks at him, and he's like, I'm writing everything down. He, just, he says, Mike, what are you doing? He goes, oh, Coach Smith, you know, I'm writing down the secrets, North Carolina basketball, da 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 da, da. I mean, I'm going to go. And he says, I, I have Michael Jordan. I have James Worthy. I have Sam Perkins. And you got three guys on your junior high team that are four foot five. And so it doesn't translate. And then there's the next kind of guy that maybe like I was early on where I kind of sat to one of these breakfast things and I'm life is tough and I'm thinking about some other stuff and I'm like, oh, he's not that funny and I don't get a lot out of it. And then there's the right mindset today of, you know, this cat's going to talk for about 25 minutes. And I don't know why you're here, but maybe by God's grace, you'll get one or two things out of here of encouragement that you can take home and go, yeah, that was worth the breakfast. And hopefully that's where we're at. So let me go back into the story. And if you forgive me, I got to grab some notes here. I'm over 50 now, so I can do this all right. I want to talk a little bit about my background and what God did in my life. For you that know the Lord, and you might have, you might have great stories and great testimonies. A few of you here probably don't know the Lord. Many of you maybe not know the Lord loves you. I didn't know that. And to give you some background, I grew up in Silicon Valley. I knew I wanted to be a basketball coach very early. You know, I was a decent high school guy, but I enjoyed the gym. And I locked into that very early, middle-class family. And I didn't come from any like, big trauma or anything. But looking back, I was a church of Steve from about 17 years old, 16 years old. I thought about Steve all the time and basketball. That was my God. I didn't know it at the time. And I had some natural disposition for it. And I don't know if you guys know this, but basketball is an extremely religious profession. I'm not joking. It, if you're in basketball, you'll know it. You'll see college. It is like working in the Vatican. It is super churched. Everyone talks about Jesus. You have to go recruit young players. Many or most are African-American. Memphis, Chicago, Detroit, L.A., Oakland, so we have to speak Jesus very well because we got to recruit players and we got to recruit mom and grandma. So that's the language we speak in basketball. I was reading a little thing on Phil Jackson the other day when he talked about taking over the Lakers. Coach Jackson said, you know, he's kind of going to bring in some yoga or some little things a little different. 
He said, I was real worried because these guys are so churched, right? Howard, Kobe, I don't know if they're going to buy into any of this stuff because they all come from really, really conservative Christian homes. And a lot of you guys maybe don't know that. So I learned to speak about Jesus very well. I was very polished in, in how I spoke in living rooms. Well, starting it off, where now I come back from my coach's years of high school. I'm from Silicon Valley doing the thing. I can't get into Stanford or Cali, go to San Jose State. And uh, I come back from a coaching assignment overseas, and I have a very close friend of mine, Kim, who's my wife now. And, uh, you know, I want to be straight up. I'm a mess. I'm coaching hoop. I got to get my job. Our relationship moves from friendship to physical, and my wife gets pregnant. My, not, not really even my girlfriend. And I say that with some shame because I took advantage of a situation, and uh, my Mormon friend, girlfriend, slash close friend is pregnant, and I'm, all, I'm in Silicon Valley 30 years ago, and I'm thinking, my career is over. That's where I was at the time. Who is going to hire a guy that has a kid out of wedlock, unmarried, to coach college basketball? No one is going to hire me. No one. But that's where my mindset was. So I got to get married for career, for career reasons. I love my wife. I love my children. And today's our 30-year anniversary. But that's, I just want to tell you that because that was my mindset. And I didn't know any better. And I worked in a church profession. I'm in religion. I'm working in the Vatican. But I didn't know God loved me either. Didn't know that until later. Well, fast forward a little bit. Uh, I get a, a high school job. I'm coaching over next to Stanford at Woodside High School. I land a great job. And I had a great athletic director. He loved the Lord. Uh, he saw that I was, I was off. I could speak Jesus with him. But he knew I, was, I wasn't right. And I had a great principal, had a great run there. I'm still working camps. I'm doing Stanford camp. And I'm, oh, here it goes again. Coach Montgomery's going to bring in a guy to talk to me about the Lord. I know the game. But this guy sounds legit. Kind of interesting what he said. So we had a nice run there. And then I go to Foothill College, and it kind of where it starts, uh, Foothill Junior College. And my boss says to me, hey, Coach, welcome to Foothill College. It's about winning games. And... We have to win games, and you were to get high-level players. And Tom Shivington's my boss, and he coached Pete Sampras. He had the number one team in the country. It was all about recruiting. So now you have a guy who's an addiction to basketball, and I can recruit 24-7. I get the job, and we have a pretty good first year. I go to the coaches' meeting afterwards, and after the meeting, this might tie into you guys, so I want to encourage you this. Coach Carbajal, you can Google him up, passed away now, very, very thought of in the basketball community, like a Mike Krzyzewski on the West Coast. And he's coaching in the conference. And he says to me, Steve-O, can I talk to you after the meeting? You know, in our profession, it's very respectful. So yes, sir, yes, sir, with an older coach. So it's 11 o'clock PM. We have our coaches meeting. And he comes into me in the parking lot at San Jose City College. And he says to me, I'm worried about you. <laughs> what are you worried about me? You'd be worried about yourself because we're going to come beat you by 20. Like, what are you worried about me for? That's what my mindset was. 
you're going down next year. You know that. I'm going to out-recruit you, and I'm going to beat you by 20. So I'm really worried about you, and, I, and he's about 57. I know where it's headed, Steve. You're going to have a divorce a couple times. Your kids are going to hate you for being a hypocrite. And the reason I'm telling you this is I've been through it twice. I say this because I love you, and I want to can I have a course correction. Didn't register. I'm in the parking lot of San Jose City College alone with Coach Frank Harbaugh. Nah, not registering. Okay, Coach. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm yes, sir, yes, sir. But in my mind, I'm like thinking about a player I got to go get. So that offseason, I'm going after it. I have Bob Burton in the league, used to coach at Fulton and all these great coaches. And I, I'm, I'm a little bit behind X's and O's, so I got to get major talent. I'm recruiting 24-7 for the next eight months. I'm all over it. You see, some of these guys are in my, my book. I mean, great players. So we go into the, the league in the fall, and we're looking real sharp. We can win the, the state and the national championship. I'm not quite technically good enough, but I can get these guys to play. I coach out of anger. They don't like me. I don't like them. We're going to ball, right? I'm going to get them wired up, and we're going to go after it. We're going to go 30-1. and one. We have enough to win it all. I get a phone call from my new athletic director, Sue Gatlin. Coach, can, I come, can, I, can you come see me? My new athletic director. I'd like to give you the credit card. Okay, that's a hook. I go in to see Sue. She gives me about 10 minutes of compliments. The team looks good. You know, got guys from all over the place and the whole bit. And she goes, here's your credit card. And then she says to me, can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> sure, sure, Sue. You know, I just want you to remember your wife. What are you talking about? I'm going to win the state championship. I'm going to go 30 and 2. I'm going to get the best college job out of this job. And you're going to say, take care of my wife? What are you talking about? Now, I didn't know she could see a crazy guy that's recruiting 24-7 on the phone. He's never home. Obviously, he's got three kids and a wife. Something's going on. But that's what encouragement to you guys at your age, you 50 years old and over, and you lived a little. In my entire career to that point, I've had two people try to talk to me and make a little deposit. And I'm around dudes all the time. So I'm gonna challenge you here that don't back off from that. If you see somebody that needs some love and encouragement and you can come alongside of them, you do that. And you can plant a seed like Sue did or Frank Carbhall and do that. Fast forward, the job I wanted was Santa Rosa. I heard it was coming open. I get it. Jobs to win. I get guys from all over. You can Google the story. We are loaded. I'm good enough to coach at the level now. My last team should have been undefeated. We lost four or five by one or two. But meanwhile, my, my, my job isn't really working out. Um, there's a story running around that I'm illegal recruiting. It's not true. Nothing about it's true. I get, con I get convicted of illegal recruiting. And so I'm upset, I'm angry, I don't even, it's not true at all. I, I, I don't need to cheat. I, what are you talking about? I'm so upset, I tell them to F off in coaching language, and I'm, and I'm out. Give me my money, I'll get any job I want. What are you talking about? I'm Steve Dome. 
any junior college job open, I'll get it. I've gotten the best two in the, in the state. It doesn't happen like that. I didn't get any job. I go back to San Jose. I got to relaunch my career. I'm, I'm spending time in my mom's house. Still don't know the Lord, but man, I can speak Jesus. Big time. Ask my players. Go back. Now, I get a call from New Zealand. That's kind of where the story starts. I want to refer to my notes for a second. And I get an assignment to turn around a program. I'm in New Zealand. I get a call from my friend, co coaching fraternity named Chico. He's working at New Orleans now. He says, I need a guy. So if you go to Australasia, can you be the scout for Cleveland? That's some extra money. So yeah, I mean, I'll do it for cheap, you know. <laughs> so I'm coaching in New Zealand. And this is kind of where it all starts. We have a pretty good year. The second year, new AD comes in. The relationship lasts about two seconds. I leave. It gets a little ugly. My import, one of my imports was Matt Loddick, now the coach of Valparaiso, played at Stanford. And the story goes, I took a new job. And here where it goes. Bang. New job. I'm working with the national coach. Where's my car? I don't get a car. Every coach gets a free car. What are you talking about? My neighbor says, you can borrow my car. We kind of raised her daughter. They're from Iran. I get the car, pay 1500 bucks for it. There's no, there's no radio, nothing. It's a tape player, cassette. I don't have what. I go to my wife. I said, do we have any cassettes? She goes, oh, yeah, that church we used to go to. Because I went to church in San Jose. I'm a basketball coach. I go to church for free donuts, and I got to recruit players. And grandma's going to ask me, where do you go? Where do you worship? And I say, I don't. I'm out. I go to church because I got to recruit players, and I got to be able to talk Jesus, and I like free donuts. But the pastor had some kind of a tape program. So he sent my wife these cassette tapes. She comes out, here's a bunch of tapes. I'm listening to tapes now driving around Auckland, New Zealand, a secular country. God has to remove me to secular country. <laughs> so that was it, driving around. Now my life starts getting difficult, more difficult. Big shot basketball guy. There's 10 pro coaches in New Zealand. I work for the national coach. And my life's getting miserable. Looking on the outside, you think, man, he's got a cute wife, four kids, son's a big shot gymnast, cute wife. Lost. A mess. And I didn't need anyone to tell me that. Finally, can't sleep, depressed. My salary's getting cut off through the government. It's just coming down. I'm still in the church of Steve, being a basketball guy, working for Cleveland, did a little work for Phoenix, doing my property portfolio, still a mess. I can't take it anymore. I go out to the beach, and this is what I did. And hopefully this can resonate with a few of you guys. Now, I didn't know the Bible at all. I could just speak Jesus. I didn't know how God brings people to him. I couldn't even look up. Everybody knows there's God. I know that. I'm on the beach at Takapuna in New Zealand. I couldn't even look up. I, had, I wrote some notes down of all my crap in my life, which is a scroll. I'm not proud of it. Now, morally, I'm, I'm not going to play out on my wife. I probably would have, but professionally, I can't do that when you're a basketball coach. You can't play out on your wife. You can't sit at the pub too long, and you can't be at a casino. It's just the rules of being a basket. Y'all got to look like Patino and Calipari. And I said to the Lord, help me. Help me. I don't, I don't know you. 
That was it. I cried. Now, I didn't know at the time, the Bible says, when you go and ask for help and wisdom, he gives it you quickly and abundantly. I went home that night. Very quickly, I was stirred on my, you want to know me? Not through an audio voice, just stirring in my heart. You're an angry guy, and you better go forgive. I didn't want to forgive. I coached out of anger. I did everything out of anger. I was pretty polished, but if you crossed me, Done. Noted. I'm angry at everybody. My parents, especially my parents. My wife, everyone. Fast forward again. I don't know what's going on. Income. I gotta I take, I know, I find a job back in the States. I'm going back to the States. I'm gonna give you the cliff notes. I'm gonna work for Chuck Colson's Prison Fellowship Ministries as their director of basketball operations all over the country, putting on camps for kids. So I go back to San Francisco. Marriage is on a thread on a good day. She knows I don't know the Lord, and I don't know how God works. I'm isolated now in San Francisco in, my, in a bedroom, family home. Don't know the Lord. Marriage is on a thread. Don't know if she's coming back. Oh, you know, i got to learn something. I go to YouTube. I'm a, Charles Stanley. I, yeah, I know him. I, right? Billy Graham would have been I, Charles Stanley. And I'm listening to some videos. And then I see this, I am second thing with Coach Fisher, football coach. What, I am second. I played the video, and wow, that's good. I listened to the Wayne Heisinger one. I listened to this other one. I don't even heard of Nashville yet. I never recruited Nashville. I recruited Memphis. I know Elvis. That's about it. I'm listening to these things. What? Wayne Heisinger Jr. is talking, and why I'm second video. God loves it. God loves me? What? I kept playing. I'm 53 years old, 54. I, I didn't know God loved me. I'm listening to these videos telling about how God loves me. I missed the memo. I work in a church profession. No one told me this. <clears throat> I'm like, I, I, I'm freaking out. I'm like Paul in front of the king. Uh, I just want to talk about walking in Damascus. I start sending out these I am second videos to everyone I know all over the country. Basketball guys, you name it. Did you know God loved you? Did you know God loved you? It's all I want to talk about. And like Paul... In front of the king, he's like, it's not looking so good for Paul. You know, what say you, Paul? I don't want to talk about my execution. Let me tell you what happened to me in Damascus. Now, I don't know the Lord yet, but I'm excited. I got hope. Change my world. So the first thing I want to encourage you is God loves you. And I didn't know that until I was 54 years old working in a church profession. Fast forward a little bit. Then I said, you know... They said God brings peace through his word, and I don't read the Bible. I need to get into it and hear his word. It was stirred on that. And I also read in the Bible about I need to forgive before you come back to the Lord. So I'm reading the Bible, and I dropped all my anger one night so I could return to my father. Now, I didn't know at that time that everybody needs to return to their fathers. So I encourage you here, we need to drop our anger, all of it, and return to our fathers. All of it, you need to lay it down, go to the Lord, and return to your father in heaven. Then I read in the Bible, now remember, I'm alone, I'm in San Francisco, I don't know if my wife's gonna come back, God is working on me, I still don't know him yet. 
but he's changing my life. And I didn't realize that, you know, even the angels in heaven are rejoicing when one repents. And I repented for my unforgiving spirit. I didn't know the angels were rejoicing. I was just miserable in San Francisco with, the, with an anger problem. And then I said, well, I should probably learn a little bit more of the Bible. And I'm doing, I'm doing national basketball camps all over the country. And I'm telling everyone how Jesus loves them. And they can go and, and just go to the Lord. He wants to hear from you. And then I read in the Bible, it says, no, Steve, before you come back to me and you want me to hear your prayers, it says, honor your wife in all things so your prayers are not hindered. I about wet myself. I thought, oh, I think I heard that in one of my little Bible groups in basketball. I can go to the Lord and he'll hear my prayer. No, he'll hear your cry for repentance. But he says, men, only men, you must honor your wife in all things. I call my wife up. What does that even mean? So I had to study what honoring my wife is and drop all my bitterness so I can go to the Lord and go back to my father. Now, later on, um, I was at the Merritt Hotel in the Bay Area, St. Mountain View, and I was crying. And I knew he forgave me. And I was a child of God. Fast forward, I wanted to make sure my prayers were not hindered. So I had to drop my anger forgive everyone and honor my wife in everything I do and he says men have no bitterness torture and my wife's lovely I know some of you probably have some challenges with that if you don't know the Lord you need to forgive I encourage you to forgive and honor your wife in all things and return to your father he will bring you to him quickly relatively quickly fast forward it's a little bit longer than I have, but I know I'm going to go to Texas because we're going to land there. I can recruit players to do my basketball. You know, I love Florida. I get back to Denver on the way back to San Jose, and I'm like, no. This is all about Steve again. I need to honor my wife. What's best for her? We heard about this Franklin, Tennessee town. Like a lot of Californians, we fall in love with it. Fast forward, we get a little place in Leaper's Fork. I find West Haven. I'm sitting there, I connect with a former NBA player, Jim Spencer, and he says to me, and I'm gonna kick it for a year, just relax, do my thing. And God says, no, you're not. You're gonna tell your story and, and tell people about the love of Christ, not all your great inbound plays and your, and your pressure defense. You're gonna tell them how they can go to their father and Jim says to me, coach, just a respect thing in our profession, even though we're the same age. Living in the South is like basketball. They do religion very well. They talk about Jesus. But these guys going around here do not know God loves them. And they're walking around with a lot of pain because of that, like you and I were for 54 years. We should do something. <laughs> Do something. I want to kick it in West David. I like my little latte. I like my comfort. I like the church of Steve. No, God says, I go, we're going to do something. So we started an outreach group, and that's right, kind of met Andy were, and Rob. We started inviting guys around for coffee, 
And the only theme was that they would know before they leave the table how much the Lord loves them. You have no idea. Most guys don't know that. Many in this room might know that. We have a donut. We have a coffee. No one leaves the table without knowing the Lord loves them. And then at the time is right, we talked about forgiving everyone and returning to their father. If they're married, we, we encourage them to bring honor to their wife in everything they do and no bitterness towards them. It's now it's expanded. I take no credit. It's the Lord. You know, we got more guys coming around. So I would encourage you guys to, as you're here, I, I'm, I'm a little short on time. I want to end on the right, I want to end on the right time. You're a little bit older than a lot of guys in our group, but I encourage you to, number one, if you don't know the Lord loves you, very important, very important. He does love you, and he loves men in particular. You must forgive. And if you know the Lord or the Lord's working on you, and you can invite a guy or two to come to an organization like this or a breakfast or a coffee, most guys are running around lost, like me, and have no idea there's a Lord that loves them and wants to hear from them. No idea. So I give you that as encouragement. And most importantly, I just kind of want to go over again the, the last four things is, you know, we must forgive. And I was a king of anger in the church of Steve. And I wanted to know the Lord. He put that upon my heart. And I had to forgive everyone. So I encourage you, if you're holding on to anything today, Go to the Lord, tell him his situation, forgive, and you will be returned to the Father, Father, and your life will change very quickly. And you don't want your prayers hindered anymore. So honor your wife in all things so you know when you're on your knees that he's hearing your cry, and he's hearing your plead, and he will hear all of your prayers, and he loves you. Thanks for having me.